All right, welcome to episode 10 of Cold Beer Hot Tapes. I'm Kieran. I'm Tim. Yeah, uh, this week we're talking about Anderson Pock's latest album, Ventura. Uh, came out a few weeks ago. Um, it's the second album he's released in probably, what, about six, six seven months? Yep. Um, kind of a, I think it's supposed to act as a companion piece to his last album, Oxnard. Um but yeah, uh, what did you think of this one? Because Oxnard came out a few months ago. I think that was his first project, solo project, since Malibu. And uh, I, I love, I personally like, really, really love Malibu. It's a it's a personal favorite. Like, one, something I come back to constantly. Like, there's so many great songs on there. Um, Oxnard did not really uh, like it at all. Um, <laughs> what would you make of Ventura? Yeah, no, I I thought this was a necessary course correction, and uh, and I I liked it a lot. And I'd say my biggest impression so far is that this is probably the Anderson Pac album I can play in front of my parents and it not be offensive. Yeah, it's you know what I was reading about this one, and this, this album is like sonically way different. Than Oxnard, um, in, in this a good is way. this is a you know a lot of straightforward soul funk influences here. Um, whereas Oxnard kind of like play a little bit more into the G funk world, a little bit more uh, hip hop focused um, in terms of like the production and the songwriting. Um, and I think the one uh, thread here that you kind of the only, like the one consistent thread you could weave between these two projects, other than Anderson Pock himself, is Dr. Dre, who produced Oxnard, um, and and Ventura. He was the executive producer on both these both these albums, and apparently, he had a lot more of a heavy-handed like uh, he had more control over the production of Oxnard, and a lot less on this one. And I don't know if that's the exact reason why, but that's the reason I am saying uh, that yeah. less Dr. Dre influence and more of Anderson Pac doing his own thing better. made this a much better project. Um, not to get too into it, but like Oxnard, a lot of the songs just weren't memorable. Um, I just feel like a, it wasn't like the worst thing in the world, honestly. It just it felt like such a step down from what we come to expect off of like Malibu and even No Worries yeah, and like, some of his futures. Part of me was like, you know, maybe if Tense came out in any time but October, I'd feel better about it. But then I remembered Malibu came out in January. So yeah, it doesn't really fucking matter. <laughs> and this album also came out like in the, in April. Like, yeah. yeah which uh, I guess anywhere but uh, Northeast right now. It's probably very appropriate to listen to this. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I found this project much more interesting than Oxnard. Like even Oxnard, I, we got we to rag on a little bit here because I feel like it helps put in context why this one's such a, yes. an upgrade. Um, like, a lot of the songs, like even Tense, Tense was the lead single, and that song is okay. It's on, yeah, on, on paper, that was supposed to be a top ten smash. Yeah, Kendrick was like, oh man, they, they finally got Anderson Pock and Kendrick on the same thing, and then it came out and like this is just okay. Yeah, and okay is a bar that you don't really expect from those two, and. That was pretty much a red flag that Oxnard wasn't going to be that good. Yeah, and like I don't know if he's really known as like a lead single guy, because like you know when we go back to um, uh, Malibu, like there's some really great songs in there, but there's no like you know cla- like like a lead single that was like oh shit this is the song. There's just a lot of really good shit in there, yeah. um, song wise. Uh, whereas this one, like 
even the creative direction on a Hux and Hard with like the skits were terrible. Like there's oh, a there's like, a tr- okay yeah, yeah, yeah there should not be a roadhead skip on any album in 2019. Really. After whenever Dr. Dre's last album came, no, they just like that just reeked of like Dr. Dre, like kind of trying to do some shit that hasn't been that just doesn't fly anymore, and it was just fucking weird and bad. (laughs) Yeah, like it was just like like, I I was cringing audibly, or just like you could see it in my face the first time I I spun Oxnard and heard that, like, it's just not a. It's not a good look. I feel like most people we talk to about it were like, oh, yeah, the album's okay, but man, that skit, oh, fuck, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, like that, and just, I think the other thing that makes a huge difference between these two is I could tell I liked this album better before it came out when he dropped the cover and track list, because all the guests featured on Ventura just make way more sense than all of the guests that were on Oxnard, where... There's just something super charismatic about Anderson Pac just in general, but when he's surrounded by guests like Dr. Dre and Pusha T, it kind of mutes it. And that's no knock on Pusha T because, you know, Pusha T usually adds more than he subtracts, but like I wasn't clamoring for a Pusha T Anderson Pac collaboration. I wasn't clamoring for a Pusha T Dr. Dre anything. I'm not clamoring for a Dr. Dre anything. It's just I, I feel like Anderson Pac uh, benefits more from using like a lot of futures tend to be better when treated as accents with him. Like he clearly is like the one leading the charge here, yeah. but like helps add another swath of color or just interest or texture to the songs that, that makes it a lot more interesting. And I felt like this, uh, the venture now we're going to stop shooting on Oxnard, <laughs> <laughs> but like Ventura did that really well. Like the Smokey Robinson, uh, feature on, um, oh crap. Uh, was reaching too much the second song on the album. I'm, I'm, I'm feel, ready, feel it better. Yeah, feeling better. Like seamlessly gets in, like goes in. Make pretty, it better. Sorry, make it better. Yeah, like that. You know, that just felt very natural. Um, I also the, think that might have some of his like pound for pound best singing. Yeah, I think I've heard from. I him would yet. agree. Um, but yeah, this between Smokey Robinson, Andre Three Thousand, Jasmine Sullivan, Jasmine Sullivan, really good on good Brandy hills. having yeah. a, a return feature, and oh, Brandy's been up to for the past, I don't know, like, 10 years, maybe more. But, like, all, all the names here are like, oh, yeah, Andre 3000, Nate Dogg, R.I.P. And they all compliment him very well. The production here is, is incredible. Um, I remember we were talking about just, like, the bass lines in particular, like, all over the album are just so intricate. There's a lot of, like, slap funk bass. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of just, like... I feel like whoever played bass in this album, like, does not see, like, they're, it doesn't even seem like they're trying to even stick to a consistent rhythm half the time. It's just, like, they're just kind of, for lack of a better term, just, just playing off the cuff the entire time, and it's so cool. Like, uh, one moment I could think of, um, is, uh, on Winter Circle. Yes, Winter Circle, I had it, and I was like, the... The baseline there especially stuck out to me, but like that's one of the things that like made I think Malibu and Anderson Pac like really interesting as performer because like that like at this at the uh, during that song like that uh, that verse he has like the back half of the song um, where there's kind of like that beat switch and the baseline he's like he's like rapping off the baseline but the baselines like they're playing off each other like very 
intently like the bass like line is just kind of sponsy yeah it's like a little call and responsy but like it's like almost like a bass solo that he's like you know using that as a springboard to rap off of and yeah. he's finding a pocket in just like a off-the-cuff bass solo that's working like i feel it it felt like i was like at a concert and just watching someone just do this like like freestyling over a bait like i just a bass solo and it was yeah. like like a funk bass solo and i was like holy shit that's that's really cool <laughs> like yeah. that's 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 kind of amazing like it speaks to him as like an artist and more in terms of like the creative vision here but also the like pure musicianship skill that he has to pull yeah. these things off because I mean, like he's, those he's are a, not he's a minor drummer by trade so i i understand that he, he has the ability to be able to just rap over just a bass riff yeah. but uh it's really cool what I also liked a lot, which, I mean, it's not even really technically new from him, is that he's very good at splitting the difference between live sounds and programmed ones. Mm. And even though it technically st- like sticks out like a sore thumb, I also really like Twilight, which was like the prototypical Pharrell beat, mm. but with like the, the real like happy like tenor sax on top of it. Yeah, it it kind of it kind of didn't, and even even Pharrell does. I don't think they officially list him as a future, but he has background vocals on this one. Um, it's at, he's they, they've been doing that since like two thousand two. Yeah. You, you get a Pharrell beat. There's going to be some kind of Pharrell vocal on there, whether you <laughs> want it or not. Um, yeah, I really like that one, but it still fits. Like the rest of the album feels very like funk funk driven. Like not as many synths. A lot of just like bass, guitar, drums, horns. A lot more analog electric. Like that's analog's not the right word. Uh, just just like basic instruments but get such a lush well-produced sound yeah. out of all of that like just you know r- relatively simple from like an instrumentation perspective but yeah like i i prefer when they so emphasize well. like the things that they say dr dre is good at like attention to detail and mixes and things like that so if he if he contributed to that kudos because this is one of the better produced and like max mismastered albums of the year um that being said, Pomo uh, was all over the, the track list here in terms of production. He did uh, Dang for Mac Miller, which Anderson Pop was also featured on, which has also featured that kind of warm, funky, sunny, bright sound. So I, I like to see that he's he's getting more credits and continuing to work with Anderson Pac. And just to point this out again, I don't think Pomo was... Like, last album, you know, it was produced by Dar- uh, Ninth Wonder... Dr. Dr. Dre, some Q-Tip was in there. Uh, there's like a pretty different set of producers here. There's some overlap, like Calvin Kiefer and Dr. Dre uh, are are on the last project, but like Dem Joints and uh, Pomo are all had their hands all over this one. Yeah, and it that's, that's probably why it's a much different sound. Yeah, and, and I, I'm glad. Um, so what I think would also kind of drew okay. So you know we're talking about Malibu is really really good and. I felt like what he was trying to do here and kind of like, okay, no, Oxnard and Ventura are the two parts of me. I felt like he did a much better job like concisely summarizing that in Malibu. And then it really made me think of how uh, two years ago Future did something similar with with a self-titled Future album and then Hendrix a week later where – if you've been following him prior to Dirty Sprite 2, like you could see that there was an acclaimed album that sold fairly well and honest where he was very good at, at kind of, okay, here's a heartfelt song, mm-hmm. here's a street banger, 
here's a heartfelt song through the whole thing. And I guess in his mind, he was like, okay, Future is going to be like, you know, the bangers, me in the streets, and Hendrix is going to be the the pop-leaning, melody-driven accompaniment. And I feel like this album, these two albums kind of did the same thing for Anderson Pac, but I feel like, like Future Hendrix, it's like you're better when you kind of bring that together as one thing rather than trying to separate it because there's no way it's going to cleanly work as like a 50-50 thing. Yeah, I mean, there is some difference, though, in terms of like the identity that he plays into on Ventura versus Oxnard. Like even... You brought up the uh, album cover before. I'm looking at it because it's on a TV in front of us. But like, you look at the cover of like Oxnard. It kind of has like a movie poster kind of uh, look to it. It's very like grandiose and yeah. things like that. And I feel like Oxnard kind of plays more into that like hard partying, um, popier a little bit like rap star life. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. I'm pretty sure I already have the album up. That's definitely his son. And I was just watching the uh, Make It Better music video, and I'm pretty sure that's him in his actual life in the video. Yeah. So. I think he emphasizes that like family was a big part of this album, and I think it definitely shows because um, while there aren't really that many lyrics that jump out at me, because I usually focus on like the pitch and timber of his voice, he has a good voice. He, he's not. But, I'll, I'm going to say this now. I don't think he's much of a lyricist. Like yeah. I've never had a huge pull away. Like I've never really taken much away from his lyrics. Yeah, but uh, he's still like as you said. Paying pay more attention to the actual like texture and how he's using his yeah, voice. where yeah, this thing. just seems um, much more sensual. Yeah, even overall, like vocally, yes, but I, I felt like this project, which just had this extremely listenable, like warm, energetic funk production throughout, that like was incredibly easy on the ears to listen to. Almost to the point where I don't want to fault it for it. Like it might feel at times maybe. Like, like background music. A little background music-y, <laughs> but like when you actually listen to it, it's like extremely dense with a lot of cool ideas and a lot of like great musicianship. Like there's some like really it's it's good. It feels like you're watching a like listening to a funk band that clearly has like jammed quite a bit. Like there yeah. are those like, you know, moments where they're jamming that seem feel a little more improvisational. But like the sound feels so warm that it's like it can feel a little background music y even yeah. though it's not quite. The thing is though, like I, I kinda was like that too, because I was literally lying down listening to the album earlier today. And I'm like I don't even feel like it's an insult because it's one of those albums that works well when you're not paying attention to it because it's pleasant. But then when you are like sitting off and paying attention, you get to hear all the intricate bass riffs, the pretty sample. Like, cause there's times there where like there's little sample chops that you can barely even see because they're just like exquisitely chopped that like, you don't even realize it's like, Oh wait, that's not even like a, a live vocal. That's a, that's a sample of one. Mm. But, um, sorry, we were about to interject there. Oh yeah, no, I was in a, no, no, not not to build off that point. I was uh, I was just thinking, uh, you know, this this seems a little bit talking about how it's like very listenable. You can almost get lost in it though, like just because it's it's almost just easy. It's a very easy easy listening for some reason. It's my, you know, um, but my my thought was, and I had I was thinking about this the other day, like especially uh, juxtaposing this against like Malibu and his other projects. The one thing, the one development this project had that I found to be the most impressive uh, of, like, because it's, like, stylistically, it's not too different from Malibu overall, yeah. right? Maybe not as energetic, maybe not as, like, punchy at times, 
stylistically it feels like in the same world as that you know like yeah so it's, it's it's maybe build an extension on an existing house but um the one thing i did like about this project a lot was despite how easy listening it was it's probably the only project of his thus far that doesn't feel like it's meandering yeah um, tight, tight 11 tracks about 40 minutes yeah it's 40 minutes and like not even that his other albums are long. I mean, like actually, let's say I think I think Venice is pretty long, and as is uh, well, it's, uh it's, check check the check the track. Check. So what's Oxnard? It's like Oxnard's fifty six minutes. Yeah, Malibu is sixty one. Okay, and Ventura is fifty. It's Venice. No, oh, Venice. Yes, yeah, sorry, fifty. So this is something California town. So this is the shortest album he has out of that group. Um, the one thing I feel like he. You know, didn't do as well, in the, like even on Malibu, which I really like a lot. Like some of the songs in there just are kind of forgettable, um, and the album might drag. It's kind of paced in, it's paced poorly, um, in the sense that like it doesn't feel cohesive. Even like when you listen through the album in like one shot, it doesn't stay. Like, like there's moments you're gonna get kind of bored, you know, like and even though I don't think Ventura is like I knock him out of the park amazing like super memorable album it still listens very cleanly like it's it's a good listen from beginning to end it's probably the most succinct thing that he's ever done in my mind which i thought was like <laughs> like it's the closest i've ever seen him come to brevity which is awesome and it's such like a really low-key development which like as i've been following for the past few years i'm like oh wow this is actually extremely noticeable and i hope he continues to to try and stick with that because i feel like that's something that he's never managed to yeah, to do and, you know and i think just building off that i think a big part of it is that this album and the last album like he has all of that major label money behind him now where adventure and malibu were both like independent label reduces uh, mm. releases so you know i guess those are more artist friendly so like you know he has the marketing team he has the you know the team behind him be like okay we can we can clean this up like i mean you know we, we've, we've been shitting on oxnard a lot but at least even if we didn't like it it had a pretty clean flow yeah it did um i just didn't like it that much yeah. but <laughs> this one happens to i do you think it flows a little bit better? And I don't know. I feel like there's a clear, like I, you know, this is we talked about before. As you're saying, like there's clearly a different thematic idea for Ventura and Oxnard as opposed to the other projects. Um, and it kind of shines through, even though like the lyrics are whatever most of the time, it still feels concise. Yeah, and I. Again, uh, I don't know why. What really is making me keep wanting to tie this back to future, just because of the like the separate personalities, like how many parts of me kind of thing. Mm. I would like to see a kind of the wizard kind of like no wait, I can I can do both on one project again because after the self titled future, we're like you know I can still do this on both things. Like your songs, like promise you that and temp, temp, uh, temptation can exist in the same space as F and N and crushed up. And, you know, there's no, uh, what's I'm trying to think of the, the cleanest comparison on like Malibu. There's no like heart stand a chance versus like a, what's the one Catronata produced on Malibu lightweight. I am pretty sure it, uh, 
that sound that sounds right. I'll, I'll confirm. But as you're saying, yeah, there there's no there's no juxtaposition like that where like okay, here's him doing it was like lightweight. A, yes, yeah, some like super smooth him actually on the drums kind of vibe like hard stand a chance. Whereas lightweight is just like this real Catronati y but not too Catronati. I don't think he does like the. Catronata like sub bass that you full know. that full like knock yeah. that he gets to the, the, to the yeah to whereas the like he yeah. can do the the program versus the um, live instrument kind of thing. There's not as much of that here, and I guess the closest you get is like the dash of Pharrell on Twilight. But I, I like to see him bring his whole self to one album. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I mean, that might be the next step. It seems like he's clearly making a lot of music. I hope he. I don't know. It feels like there's like the disparate pieces of his, of his like work as Anderson Pac. Um, like you know, excluding no worries or any of the features. Like there's a lot of good stuff on like pretty much all of these projects, and I don't know. It just, he just hasn't had that like one thing that's like, oh, this is one concise work that realizes a lot of like my different elements as an artist and also personality wise. And it'd be interesting to see him do that. Because I don't think he's ever managed to like actualize something like that through, through any of these projects. Yeah, and I mean at the same time I get it because he's kind of become like the utility player. Maybe not to the extent of like Ty Dolla Sign, but I've seen Anderson pop, hop, like pop up on so many different kinds of projects. It's like you know he he and Toki Monster are very close. Uh, she produced on Ventura. He he appeared on some of her older stuff. He can pop up on a Gold Link album. He can pop up on a Schoolboy Q album. I think the, his big introduction to most of the world was when he was on uh, Dr. Dre's last album from like 2015. Yeah, Compton. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's just like that utility guy. And I think, you know, just based on the variety of guests that he has on his own projects, he can continue to like explore that more. And I think next, I want to see him try to collaborate with more people that are similarly blessed and kind of being able to do multiple things. Like, um, Andre 3000 was a really good choice here because he... he it was a great future, yeah, too, from, from him as well. He really maps the kind of skill set. Like, I want to see him be able to hop on a track with, like, Fonte next because I feel like that would be a really, be yeah. a really good fit. Because I love that one like Fonte one, song. Speaking of Kate or not earlier, I love that one song with Fonte. Is it... Uh, is it? Uh, one too many. One too many. Yeah. That is a uh, yeah hundred. I love that song. Yeah, like I I want to see collaborations like that. If he can uh, he can coax D'Angelo out, I could see there being some some fruitful ideas there. Like I I definitely think there's a bunch more people that have really complementary skill sets to him, and I know that he has the chops to keep up with them. And I'd like to see him go in that direction next. I agree. I don't know. I feel like yeah. It's just even with these last two projects, I feel like I'm just yearning for more because like Malibu hit such a high watermark that even like Ventura had some really good moments like um I really liked Reaching Too Much I liked Winter Circle a lot um the King James song I thought was like really fun and I liked to I don't know I was like hey this is a good <laughs> just, just just a song about LeBron James yeah, yeah <laughs> and how, was, he's, how he's a good dude I was big on Come Home Make yeah. It Better and Twilight but like again the whole the Jet Black with Brandy, I just liked seeing. That's featuring, a good one. Yeah, I really just liked seeing featuring Brandy in 2019. Yeah, 
Um, I that that was probably my favorite feature on the album. I didn't really care too much for the Nate Dog one. Um, I just felt like it's also just kind of always a little bit icky when like some posthumous. Po- po- yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the posthumous features I get a little weird out by. But I really liked uh, Good Heels because I I love uh, Jasmine Sullivan's feature. She has a good verse. Um, the beat switch halfway through that leads in with her verse. Um, is really good. And then like she has a wonderful flow on that. And then it goes into a. Anderson Pac first that also has a wonderful flow. And that was like, they both have two really great, uh, you know, verses back to back that like seamlessly, you know, move into one another. And there's like just this great clean production. And, you know, you know, it, those were one of those moments. Like, this album has a lot of those moments that I'm like, Oh shit, that's really cool. You know, like, Oh, this is a, something that I may not like latch on to the song as a whole, but there's like moments like this, you know, the Jackson Sullivan's verse on good heels. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's really cool. Or, um, you know, Winter's Circle, as I mentioned, like, I really like that kind of singing scat melody. Yeah. Almost sounds like a Cortez vocal yeah, bit. That's, that, a, um, that's a good callback. Um, and is it Cortez or Cortex? Uh, that's a good question because the, they're French. It's the, it's the French jazz. Yeah, I think right? it's X, Cortex, but uh, yeah. regardless. Um, like, had a really cool, like, sing scat melody um, throughout the song that was, like, really interesting like kind of kind of out of left field and uh as i already mentioned that one like i really love the bass line uh that, he, that his verse was playing off of towards the end um and i feel like that's kind of what that kind of what um sums up the sound for me even like reaching too much a lot like has a truly funky rhythm that just feels locked in the entire song and it, you know it took me a few listens to get into malibu and i listened to this one a lot i'm really looking forward to like driving around during the summer and yeah. listening to this but it has a lot of cool moments that are really interesting when you dig into them, but sometimes uh, I'm like, like you, uh, you have to kind of zo- there's zoom in and you can kind of get they can kind of get lost in plain sight with how like listenable this album feels at times. It, it, it doesn't command your attention, I guess is kind of what you're getting at. Yeah, it it does not, and if you choose to like really like start listening to it, there's some really cool things to 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 think about here and to listen to and you're like oh shit that's interesting and there's a lot of cool ideas here that may not jump out of you and command your attention and like really grip you but if you really listen to this project and and kind of like give it give it an intentional listen you'll find a lot to like yep um yeah i guess uh, last thought I, i did uh did you get to listen to this in a car? Actually, driving to a friend's wedding uh, a weekend or two ago, and another friend in the car with me was like, "Man, this is this already seems so much better than his last album." And so, like, man, this is like listening to two songs like I'm in a drive, and somebody's already like, "No, this is way better than the last Anderson Pock album." I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not just me. No. Uh, so what's your what's your uh... What, so what are your what are your top three like recommended tracks off this one that that you took away the most? Uh, Come home, make it better, and Twilight. Gotcha. I really liked uh, Winter Circle, Good Heels, and uh, Reaching Too Much. Um, overall, a lot of really good, bright, warm, energetic funk music here. Um, it doesn't really like leave me yearning for a lot more, but it kind of feels like there was. Some things that might have could have that, that that might have pushed this over the edge into like, you know, this isn't like the breakthrough classic that Malibu was, 
but it's still full of really good ideas and a lot of things that I like Anderson Park for. Yeah, it's and, one of those like his hits. Like, no guys, I still have the juice. Just like yeah. I mean, I think what he will take away from this is he probably needs to take some time at home because I feel like he's been touring for like the last year. Yeah, he's still going on tour. He's actively he's actively touring right now, right? Yeah, yeah which I he even said like a lot of these songs weren't on uh, Oxnard and I wanted to tour them separately because, yeah, this is his second tour in six months. Um, yeah, I'd say to him, I like this project a lot. I, I, this is definitely, uh, not the hottest tape in the world, but, uh, I imagine there is a a spring, a nice spring day temperature tape. This is, uh, this is something you're going to put on when you're hanging out outside during warm weather, you know, like at the park or whatever. I I don't know. If you're you're outside, it's sunny out. I would want to listen to this. And I, again, I emphasize this is something that I feel like you could play around all ages, which is usually not the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Anderson Bach album that you could play in front of your parents, as he said earlier. And we can thank him for not working with Dr. Ray on this one as much for that, probably. All right. So this has been episode 10, Anderson Pock's Ventura. Give it a listen. Yeah, it's good. Uh, tune in next time for episode 11. I'm Tim. I'm Kieran. Thanks for listening. Peace.